Hey everyone, welcome to Remap, my name is Jared, and today we are taking a look at the much-anticipated PlayStation-exclusive Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac. Going into 2023, Spider-Man 2 was up there with Baldur's Gate 3 and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom as arguably the most hyped-up game of the year. The two previous entries by Insomniac, 2018's Spider-Man and 2020's Spider-Man Miles Morales, completely revolutionized the superhero game genre, and were two games that I personally enjoyed greatly. Spider-Man 2 is really a direct sequel to both previous games, as you can now play as both Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales. This two-pronged approach picks up where the stories of both previous games left off, and makes it pretty much essential that you play both previous games before picking this one up. But as you probably expected, Spider-Man 2 is a third-person action-adventure game set in the hustle and bustle of New York City, with the two elements hyped up before launch being the inclusion of both playable Spider-Men, as well as the introduction of Venom into the Insomniac Spider-Verse. Now, this is going to be a spoiler-free review in terms of the story, but I'll be talking about all the core gameplay mechanics that are included. And as always, these are my opinions and mine alone. Starting off with the graphics, Spider-Man 2 has arguably the best-looking city in any video game. It's the entirety of New York City come to life, with huge glass skyscrapers, a lush Central Park, and dense pockets of cars and pedestrians spread out throughout the boroughs. All of it is illuminated by gorgeous lighting in a variety of times throughout the day. The scale and detail of New York City really is impressive, and the quality is also seen in the numerous characters, suits, and enemies you come across in your playthrough. I know it's a bit of a broken record, but console graphics really have hit a just a crazy level now that more games are taking full advantage of the hardware. You know, we're seeing less and less games where it's, oh, we had to make the PS4 version and we added in a couple new attributes for the PS5. No, games that are now being built from the ground up for PS5 and Series X are really, they're just incredible to look at and play. And in terms of performance, Spider-Man 2 passed with flying colors. I was at a locked 60 FPS in performance mode the entire time and experienced no crashes or frame drops. I did have one kind of infuriating bug during a Peter Parker segment, but other than that, I don't think I ran across any others. It was just a bug where I was getting stuck uh, in some polygons, you know, stuck in the ground, and I had to reload. But after that, we were gold. It's always enjoyable to play a completely finished single-player experience, though, without having to pray that the servers are working. You know, this is purely a single-player game. There are no multiplayer aspects. At no times am I sitting there praying that my ping is good, praying that someone else's servers are online. Um, it's something that's even more frustrating playing something like Overwatch 2 today where, you know, you may be excited to play a game, you sit down, someone else is having a problem, Blizzard servers don't work, and then you just can't play. Nothing to worry about here. Insomniac did a great job. But this fluid performance, you know, the smooth 60, 
the great graphics, is what makes the core of this game enjoyable for me, which is just swinging around the city as Spider-Man. It's the same fundamentals as the previous two games, but I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I hate to say it, this is the most ragged-on comment about these Spider-Man games by Insomniac. The game still makes you feel like Spider-Man. Web-swinging is smooth, intuitive, and so much fun that I never used the fast travel system once. Now, the new traversal tool Insomniac added were the web wings, which is basically just a gliding mechanic. And I mean, at first, I felt like it was just a gimmick, but as I used them more and got used to the controls, I thought they were the perfect addition to Spider-Man 2. The expanded map makes the mechanic feel necessary, especially with the East River splitting up the burrows. Now, the rest of the gameplay involves some relatively simple beat-em-up combat with a variety of gadgets and abilities at your disposal, depending on who you're playing as. And this is really where the only differences between Miles and Peter's gameplay appears. Some people might like the symbiote suit's abilities more, while some prefer Miles' electric attacks. I didn't have a strong preference between the two. I found myself playing as Miles more solely because I preferred the look of his suits over any meaningful gameplay mechanics. Now, Insomniac did de-emphasize stealth a bit more in Spider-Man 2. I felt like there were a lot more, a lot less required stealth missions. Um, you know, missions where you sit down in front of people and it's like, all right, guys, you got to do this stealthily or else you're going to fail. They were few and far between. If you wanted to go loud, you could go loud. No problem. And the last note I wanted to make about the gameplay was regarding the non-Spider-Man sections. As a story-driven experience, there are a few missions where you play as regular old Peter Parker, Miles Morales, or even MJ. And at first, I really hated on these sections. You know, I just wanted to get back to what I was paying for, swinging around as Spider-Man. But over time, I began to appreciate them more for the story and character development. And I'm at the point now where I understand why they were included, and I'm not going to hate on them nearly as much. You know, they helped develop the characters. They weren't too overbearing. It's not like every 30 minutes you were doing them. So my opinion of those has changed over time. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a story-driven single-player experience, and the narrative is the top priority. And I thought Insomniac did a great job in that regard. The story flowed between Peter and Miles' perspectives smoothly, and built off of the foundation that the previous two games created. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the first half antagonists. They were kind of just there to give the game time to set up Venom, who is the real star of the show. But, I mean, it's overall just a fun story to play through that never really felt rushed at any point. One piece of discourse I kept hearing people talk about was that the game was, you know, too short, and while it is on the shorter side, I didn't feel that sentiment. I got the Platinum Trophy in a bit under 30 hours, 
but it's a jam-packed 30 hours. It's not like half of that playtime is bloated with useless content. Everything really felt meaningful to the game as a whole. And this is especially due to how the main missions are paced. You know, there are clear breakpoints where the game tells you to go help out New York City. So you'll naturally complete most of the side content while playing the main story. I only had a couple hours of stuff to wrap up after I finished the main story. And for me, these side missions were my favorite part of Spider-Man 2. The Finding Grandpa, Howard, and Haley missions, they're just excellent implementations of video games as a storytelling medium, and really made me feel something as I was playing them. I, those three missions are probably more of a highlight than the main story to me. And I really enjoyed the main story. It's just a great, enjoyable time. And all of this is is really sold and brought together by excellent voice acting and excellent animations work that makes the characters feel like real people. You know, it, it, people don't feel one-dimensional. There's some heart and soul behind the performances. And they pretty blatantly set up for a third installment, and I'm excited to see where they take the characters from here, um, especially because with Peter's arc throughout the game, I mean, his arc feels pretty close to completed, so I'm, I'm really curious about how they delve into the character more for a third installment. Now, one thing that was left on my wish list was regarding the soundtrack. Don't get me wrong, John Pisano did a nice job, but the highlight of the soundtrack for me was literally in the intro. I mean, the first five minutes of booting up the game. When you first start swinging, a song called Swing, performed by Earth Gang, starts playing, and it is just an awesome moment. But it's the only real time they put music at the forefront, much less music with lyrics. I mean, most of the time when you're swinging around fighting enemies, you know, there's some nice background music going on just to build the ambiance. But I mean, in this first moment, like you got music with lyrics, it's high energy just blasting at you. And one thing I would have loved to see, this is my request for the next game. I would love to see a radio option where you can choose to play you know, that more high-energy music rather than the standard background soundtrack. I mean, in so many games, you know, Cyberpunk, GTA, so many open-world games, you can choose the radio stations as you drive around. I would love to see, you know, Miles with a pair of headphones on, and there's like two, three different radio stations that you can get other than the standard background music. I think it would just bring it all together for me. Mainly because it reminds me of Spider-Man Miles Morales, where they played On My Own by Jaden in the first part of the game. Which, again, it's music with lyrics at the forefront, and it was the highlight of that game for me. Basically, all I'm saying this whole complaint over the last two minutes is I just want more developers to let their composers and music teams make songs with lyrics. It just adds another layer of emotion and impact that really brings me as a player into a game. 
I know it's not for everyone, but it's something that I personally love to see, or rather, hear. Anyway, back to the review. Really, the only major issue I had with Spider-Man 2 were the visual indicators for the counter system. Certain attacks have an indicator on an enemy, and you have to block or dodge depending on the color of that indicator. The problem was my brain learned the shape of the indicator and associated it to block. So when they added a separate color to dodge, I was just still trying to block because my brain went with the shape over the color. I don't know why they just just design a new mechanism. Add one little extra symbol rather than just an extra color to make it a bit more clearer. But overall, Spider-Man 2 was a fun, enjoyable experience that I would recommend to everyone. Unlike some of the longer or more complex games I review, like Baldur's Gate 3 previously, Spider-Man 2 is an extremely accessible game to any skill level of gamer. I mean, this is a game that if this is if you just bought a PS5, you don't play games very often, you want something to enjoy, I would be hard-pressed to find a game other than this to recommend. I mean, it's super accessible, very straightforward, some nice difficulty options. You know what you're going to get. A great Spider-Man game. It doesn't revolutionize the world, but it's an easy A and a must-play game for the PS5. But that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Remap, the gaming podcast. My name is Jared, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.